Welcome to the Unplugged Podcast with Debo Zarco, episode number 14. Hi there, and welcome to the Unplugged Podcast, where we unplug from status quo and shift the paradigm from head to heart by co-creating a more passionate, compassionate, loving, and interconnected world. And through in-depth interviews with athletes, activists, authors, artists, yogis, spiritual leaders, and everyday paradigm busters, we journey into the infinite depths of the human heart to remember through the power of story who we all are at the core of our beings. And I'm your status quo crushing host, Debo Zarco, welcoming you to yet another week of awesome inspiration. And just a quick note for anybody who's new here, you can find me at my website or my cyber home at debozarco.com. And that's D-E-B-O-Z-A-R-K-O.com. And you know, check it out. Feel free to sign up for my weekly updates and just other nuggets of inspired thought that I like to send out to those on my list. And I want to start today by sharing another awesome email that I received from a regular listener, Julie, who writes, just want to say, I love your podcasts, exclamation mark. I listen to them every Friday morning before going to work, four exclamation marks. (laughs) They give me unbelievable motivation, positive energy, and reinforce what I'm doing in my own life to be more authentic and to live my life the way I want. And there we go. It looks like four more exclamation marks. Woo! (laughs) So, Julie, thank you. I totally love your enthusiasm, (laughs) as well as your use of exclamation marks. And just a quick inside scoop. I absolutely love exclamation marks. They convey passion, enthusiasm, joie de vivre, and total excitement. And they've always been my favorite punctuation mark, which I know sounds kind of weird, but you know, admit it, y'all have a favorite punctuation mark, right? (laughs) Anyway, even if you don't, (laughs) well, anyway, let's not go there. So Julie, I want to let you know that you're, you're beautiful little email triggered an inspired thought that I'm going to, I'm going to have some fun with in the next few weeks. So just stay tuned for that. And I also just, I want to thank you for that awesome note. Um, if you can't already tell, I'm actually feeling just as charged as you are. So thank you for sharing your motivated, positive energy and keep on going girl. Cause the world needs that kind of passion. And speaking of passion, I'm totally thrilled to have you out there listening. I mean, really, I'm totally thrilled to have you out there listening. This is really exciting. And every time I see a new iTunes review or I receive an inspiring email like Julie's, it encourages me to to, to be better myself, to do better, and to give more and more and more. And that excites me because I, you know, I really believe that we were all born to serve and There's just nothing greater than that feeling of giving and knowing that what you're giving is being received, especially in such a a loving and positive way is just fuel for wanting to give more. So, so thank you. Please keep the letters coming. 
please keep on, uh, you know, rating and ranking the podcast. I'm, I'm honored by all of this. Um, this is just as exciting for me as it is for you. So, so thank you. Um, you know, and on that note, you know, I, I'd really appreciate if you guys could all just keep on, uh, spreading the word about this show far and wide, rank and rate it on iTunes and Stitcher, and just keep on listening. Keep on allowing yourself to be inspired Honor that creative force inside of yourself. And most importantly, just continue being the change that you wish to see in the world. I can't stress that enough. Just live your purpose and be you. Okay? That's it. Like really, when we break life down to the basics, it's really all about purpose and authenticity. And uh, the two things that were kind of stolen from us from birth. So... This show is all about reclaiming that. And through the power of story, through listening to inspiring interviews from others, you know, I'm really, um, my hope is that it's going to connect you to your authentic self as well. And really, that's all, that's all that this is about. It's about reminding you of how freaking awesome you are. Okay. I mean that. So look in the mirror and say, I'm awesome and mean it, feel it in your body. Okay. So, um, with that, I'm going to move right on into today's interview intro. First, a quick question. How does the thought of running a marathon every single day for 366 days sound to you? Because that is exactly what today's guest did every single day of 2013 with a bonus marathon on January 1st of this year. Today's guests, originally from New Zealand, Jeanette Murray Wakeland and Alan Murray are a, they're a spitfire couple who spent all of last year running around the entire perimeter of Australia to inspire and motivate conscious lifestyle choices, to promote kindness and compassion for all living beings, and to raise environmental awareness for a sustainable future. They named this adventure Running Raw Around Australia. And you might have read a little bit about them because they'd been splattered all over international media for the last few weeks since completing this epic journey of consciousness raising. And these absolutely beautiful souls are 100% congruent with their message. In other words, their actions are a perfect match for their words. They're raw vegans who, who live a very simple lifestyle with a very light ecological footprint on this beautiful planet. And I absolutely love these two people. I had the privilege and honor of befriending them back in 2004 when we were all living in the small coastal town of Courtney, BC. And that's, uh, for those of you who don't know, that's found on northern Vancouver Island. And at that time, this... Uh, this dynamic duo had just opened a small raw vegan juice bar that was that actually became an instant hit with the locals. And over the years, this little juice bar eventually expanded into a full-blown wellness center where uh, their focus was on encouraging healthy lifestyles through living nutrition and exercise for the mind, body, and spirit. Now, the first time I met Jeanette was at a vegan potluck run by the local EarthSave Canada chapter where she was scheduled as their guest speaker. And the room was packed 
And I mean, you could feel the excitement in the air because everyone was really eager to hear her very inspirational cancer survival story. Now, only a few years prior to that talk, Jeanette was diagnosed with a highly aggressive carcinoma breast cancer where doctors gave her six months to live. And as is customary with the allopathic medical system, they fed her fear, as well as the typical toxic prescription of chemotherapy and radiation with the possible chance, and I say that in quotation marks, that she may extend her life another six months. Whoop-de-doo. Boy, that's incentive, eh? But they didn't know who they were dealing with. Jeanette is a paradigm buster extraordinaire. Not only did she not buy into their fear-mongering and life-destroying solutions, she also didn't buy into their diagnosis. Nobody knew her body better than she did. And now I'm just going to throw in an aside here. That applies to each and every one of us, especially when we take back our health and wellness by rejecting the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual prisons that today's culture prefers to ensure our compliance. All right? So the crap that we're being fed is to keep us compliant. Bust out of that, okay? That's what this show's all about. So there we go. I'm going to hop off my soapbox now. So Jeanette basically just turned her back on the allopathic medical system and uh, using her words, she decided that the power of intention is far greater than that of fear and that she also had every intention of staying around for a long time. And Jeanette dove headfirst into an intensive journey of healing, focusing on a holistic approach of mind, body, and spirit. And this included such modalities as infrared detoxification therapy, ozone treatment to increase the amount of oxygen to her body, conscious breathing, aerobic exercise, visualization, meditation, spiritual awareness, and maximizing the amount of nutrients taken into the body through juicing, wheatgrass, and living raw vegan foods. In other words, giving up was not an option. Nor was giving in to the belief systems of an archaic medical system that treats the body as separate physical parts rather than a unified spiritual whole. Now, you're going to hear on this interview how passionate Jeanette is on this particular topic. And uh, you might be able to hear it in my voice that I'm very, very, very passionate about this as well. I personally have nothing to do with the allopathic medical system. Um... I'm grateful that it's there if I break a leg or something like that. But beyond that, woo, I'm, don't even get me near a hospital, okay? Because I do not agree. I do not agree with the medical system. And there might be a lot of you out there who probably don't agree with me. And that's cool. That's your, your prerogative. Um, but this is something that I particularly feel very, very passionate about. And, um, you know, when you hear Jeanette's story of, inspired healing, uh, you may just open your own mind just a little bit more. So anyway, I'm getting a little bit off traffic, tra- uh, off topic here and I can't even speak as a result. Okay. So I'm getting a little bit off topic just because I'm fired up here. So let me just get back onto Jeanette's story. So within six months of this very rigorous and dedicated regime, 
she was given a clean bill of health with no signs. I mean, zero, not a signs of cancer anywhere in her body. And, and Jeanette is also quick to mention that those crucial six months were also filled with love, laughter, and lots of support from her family and friends. So she truly took on a holistic mind-body-spirit approach. You know, everything that she did for her body treated the body as, as an entire whole, as something that was, that's more than just a physical entity. And filling it also, you know, the spiritual part with love and laughter. I mean, that's crucial. That's crucial. As well as a healthy mind that knew, that knew that she was not going to succumb to this disease. So having met Jeanette and known her for, you know, for, as, for a few years, I know how powerful this woman is. And she is not a quitter. She is somebody who's fiercely compassionate and fiercely loving and also she's a fierce believer in life and after hearing this talk um, with this earth save canada potluck there were so many in the room who were moved to tears and i was one of them and i knew that i'd be spending far more time with this amazing woman and her loving and supportive husband you know as much as i possibly could when we were in courtney and that's what I did. You know, uh, my partner and I were at that juice bar regularly and, you know, just constantly being inspired by these people. We eventually lost touch when my partner and I left Courtney and moved to Victoria, but I never forgot about them. When I found out that they'd moved back to their native part of the world and that they were taking on this epic, compassionate adventure of running raw around Australia, I was so excited. And for so many reasons. I was grateful that I had met so many incredible people in my life and was thrilled that this amazing couple were two of these absolutely phenomenal people. I mean, really, I have, I have been blessed with so many beautiful people in my life. And, um, I, you know, for that, I'm just eternally grateful. And I was also really eager to follow their progress and, and energetically cheer them on from across the globe. And lastly... I was moved yet again by their dedication to wellness, consciousness, compassion, and love for all living beings on this beautiful planet, including the planet herself. This couple is truly unstoppable. And after 43 years together, they continue to inspire with their love and their compassion. And it is a, a true privilege and honor to bring to you today's interview with my wonderfully inspiring friends, Jeanette Murray Wakelin and her wonderful husband, Alan Murray. First of all, I want to thank both of you for being on this interview and for agreeing to be a part of my book journey as well, especially under the circumstances, since you're on fire alert and, and it's so hot in Australia right now. So thank you both for for playing with me today. I'm really, really grateful. And I'm, I'm really, um, I'm, I'm excited and I'm inspired to be able to share your journey as well, your story. So um, now I know you and I met like, uh, or we, we all met about 10 years ago in, in Courtney, BC, when you had a, uh, a little, what would you call it? Like a wellness center? Was it a wellness yeah. center? 
Okay. Yeah. Zen yeah. Zero. Well, we, met before, we met before the wellness center when we just had the little tiny juice bar. That's right. That's right. It was just the juice bar then. And you were making, you were already having a big impact on that little tiny town, even with the juice bar at that time. So you've yeah, been really, yes. yeah, you've been really outspoken advocates for conscious living uh, and, and for health and wellness for so many years. And I just feel so honored that I got the chance to beat you both um, during that time, especially now that you're like superstars. <laughs> it's amazing what you have to do to get noticed. <laughs> But, you know, you've always been promoting an active, conscious and healthy lifestyle. And you both have like really interesting stories. And I remember, Jeanette, one of the first times that I heard you speak was at an Earth Save Potluck in Courtney. And you shared your um, your survival journey. And I was I think the whole room was moved to tears. I in particular, I know that I was really moved by that story. And you know, that was 10 years ago. And I think it was still relatively fresh for you at that time too, that you were, you knew you were officially, um, over the hump, I guess. Yeah. So I, you know, I'd love if we could like back up a little bit and if you could both just share your, your respective journeys that brought you to what you're doing right now, you know, this epic, uh, one year long run, but this whole wellness path that you've, you've carved you know, for so many people to be inspired by. If you could just share your journeys, what brought you to this place in the first, you know, in the first place, that would be awesome. Okay, you want to go first? No, okay, you can go first. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think it, it all happened. But we, we thought we would start up a little juice bar after Jeanette was, was diagnosed with uh, cancer. Because we figured, you know, this is what, this is what she had done to, to cure herself. And we could do a similar thing, but we could help lots of people. And, you know, we started up that little juice bar. And, you know, like now we're just 100% raw vegans, right? That's, that's where we're at. But this fellow walked into a juice bar one day, and one of the staff said, see that man there? He only eats raw food. And there I was at, uh, you know, 50 years old. I'd, I'd never heard of a person who only ate raw food in my whole life. And his name was Ray Kent. He was, uh, at the time, quite a well-known raw foodist and a bit of an activist. And I said, well, you know, he can eat raw food. I mean, what's he do for protein and stuff like that? <laughs> and this is what I thought because there I was, you know. And even Jan said, well, you know, I don't suppose he can run very far just eating on, just living on fruit. I mean, that's really what we thought. Well, now we know that it's exactly the opposite. I mean... We have people asking us, you did this only on fruit, fruit and veggies, and we think to ourselves, yeah, anything else would just get in the way, like meat, cheese, dairy, that's, that's not going to help us run a marathon every day, that's what we know now. As long as we eat enough fruit and good, and good quality fruit, then this is what we have to do. So that's in a nutshell. Well, I'm sure I've left something out in the middle somewhere. <laughs> so, so then we started with the, the little juice bar. And as you probably remember, then one day a bigger building came up. And so we moved into that. And then uh, it grew and grew. And we had spare rooms. So we found people that could go in the rooms and do things like um, colon cleansing. and Holistic practitioners. Yeah, holistic practitioners. In the meantime, we... 
we sold saunas and we gave people saunas to to come and have a spa. The whole thing just grew and grew as we were as we were growing with it. So now, I mean, it's, I keep saying ten years, but it's more like fourteen years later. Here we are, one hundred percent raw foodies, and we thought with this run around Australia, we just there's a way we could do it to reach a whole bunch of people. And at the time, we just thought we were going to be would reach a whole bunch of Australians. But it seemed like as we went, and we had a good PR person who was helping us, that it became more than Australians. It became the whole world was watching us, and that's exactly what we wanted because. Honestly, we're quite sick of people coming up to us and saying, well, where do you get your protein? <laughs> you know? um, we don't even think about protein anymore because we know that if we have enough raw, fresh fruit and vegetables, a few nuts and seeds, but that's not a big part of our diet. So truly fruit and vegetables, mainly fruit. If we, do, if we have enough of that, then we don't have to worry because everything is in there. All your protein and your calcium and your B12 and all the other things that people seem to worry about, it's all there. You never have to worry about it anymore. Just, and I think we've actually proved that. We didn't, we didn't shrivel up and fade away or <laughs> we didn't have bad days. I mean, the only bad days we really had were a couple of days when Jeanette took a bit of a fall. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> took some skin off and I thought at the time... She might have even broken something, but and within, I mean, there was one day like that. Well, I'll never forget that I said to Jan, "Look, we'll just go and get the caravan. We'll drive up here. You can jump in." But she didn't look too good. She was really bleeding and upset and and cross with herself for falling over. And I said, "We'll just drive back to Melbourne. The whole thing is over." You know. But no, she decided that just give it half an hour. And see if she can walk, you know. So half an hour later, there we were, walking along the road was probably about at least 30 kilometres to go. And then she broke into a bit of a shuffle and then a, a slow jog. And by the end of the day, she was still whimpering a bit. But, <laughs> you hurt. Yeah, I know it hurt. I was really, really <laughs> quite surprised that we were still out there because I was okay. And so I just, I slowed down a bit and off we went and we finished the day and the next, that night we strapped up a few things and yeah, applied. I had cracked ribs. Yeah, she actually cracked, oh. cracked a rib. But the, but the point that should be made is that the next day we ran again, and the next day, and all these injuries healed themselves up as we ran along. Yeah. So all the all the the scars were you know where there was raw tissue, they all healed up. The broken ribs seemed to knit back together again. The all. All the damage was actually healed as we ran every day, mm-hmm. and we didn't have any. We had no, no supplements, no extra vitamins, no superfoods, just good old bananas and oranges and apples and pineapples, mangoes, all the other things that we enjoy, and everything just came right. So it's a very interesting thing. I mean, we were interviewed from some fellow on on national TV here, and just as he was closing, he said, I bet they they used up a truck full of, and he used this word, um, which which really was a word for painkillers, 
But we're so naive, we never heard of it. We didn't know what he was talking about. We don't about. use painkillers, so we wouldn't know. We never used the painkillers. <laughs> I just eat a pineapple. But in, in his, <laughs> but in his mind, he knew, or well, he thought he knew, that we must be taking painkillers because all runners take painkillers. Like that, have to take painkillers. Even and, if they're not in pain, they take yeah. them in case. So, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the sort of thing that we really want to make a point here that no painkillers, no drugs, no goji berries and chocolate. Really, we just had a whole bunch of fruit wholesome, and organic, where we could, raw fruit and veggies. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just want to add too that since I know you both, like, I know how dedicated you are to your health, like, totally dedicated. But, it, you know, and you're not only dedicated to your physical health, though, you're dedicated to your emotional and your spiritual health as well, because you two just exude passion, you know, and that's something that, you know, that's more than just fruits and veggies. That is a joie de vivre that, you know, is something that's really lacking in today's society. And... Mm-hmm. You know, and, and but you you ex- you're both beautiful models for health, and and I'm saying that health in such a in a in in the um, in more of a global way. So yeah, yeah. So that's I just wanted to mention that too that you two are exceptional. Not <laughs> I'm sounding like a raving fan right now. I guess I probably am a little bit. <laughs> but I always I fell in love with you two when you were in Courtney. <laughs> oh, that's great. So Jeanette, Jeanette, would you mind sharing some of your story too? That you know, because you know, like I said, that story, your cancer survivor story, is so moving, and I know you've probably told it many, many times. If you could just kind of share the highlights that, so that it, you know, what that brought you to where you are today, that would be awesome. Sure. It's interesting that you would say to share the highlights because I I have finally written the book. If you remember way back when I said, I'm going to write a book. Yes, I remember. I said, I'm going to write a book. I said that for about 10 years. And um, finally, I did write the book. And um, and it's called Raw Can Cure Cancer, but it's also got underneath the highlights of a true story with cancer. So it is, um, there were highlights. And a lot of people think, you know, like it, it's such a devastating thing to get a prognosis, well, a diagnosis for a start off and then a prognosis that isn't very good. And um, and so, you know, like I can remember um, my mother in particular, but also other people of her um, generation lived in fear all, most of their lives of getting cancer. And that was um, sort of a generation before mine where they, because there was a big hype about cancer was on its way, it was coming, you know, it was sort of like um, people were going to get cancer and this many people were going to get it this year and this many next year. And and that generation of people were just living in fear of getting cancer instead of thinking or, or instead of it being promoted as prevention of cancer, it was was obviously a very large industry that was in the making and um, and we know it now of course as being the sickness industry and cancer being the biggest money-making part of that industry and and um, and so when when I was diagnosed um, I was sort of on the on the edge of that there was it's well it was then and still is obviously a, 
a, a fear-mongering um, part of, of bringing the pharmaceutical industry through to making a lot of money out of cancer um, and re research into the cure. Well, when I was diagnosed, um, I was told then that there was, you know, one in nine were being diagnosed with cancer. And um, about 10 years later, it was one in four. And when I published my book last year, it's one in two here. And, and I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, there's two of us here. Which one's it going to be? You know, which, which one do you choose to be? And, um, and I'm thinking people don't know. People don't know what choices to make. And um, they're not told that there's any choices or um, they're given, you know, maybe an option of one treatment or another um, to treat the symptoms. And it's not about that. It's, it's about taking care of yourself, preferably in the first place and prevent, you know, with preventative lifestyle. Um, but if you, you know, if, if a person is in Ill, Ill health of any sort, you can, you can call it cancer or you can call it a cold. It's all the same. It's just different degrees of, of um, uh, dis-ease in the body, an imbalance in the body. And there's a reason for that. There's always a reason. So you look to find out what that reason is or that cause and you eliminate the cause. And then there's your cure. And it's very, very simple and it's very, very easy to do. But because we've been brainwashed into believing that it's, you know, incurable or you have to have certain treatments for life or whatever and that you have to go to the doctor or to the medical profession to get help, um, it's perpetuating it. And so um, what I thought immediately when I had my diagnosis was that um, First of all, it was something that I needed to do for myself. I needed to find out, well, you know, why has this happened and how can I, how can I change that? Because when you think of how your body works for you 24 hours a day from the moment you're born, actually before that, but as we know it, from the moment we're born to the, to the moment we die, um, it's working 24 hours a day. It never stops to try and keep you or get you to a state of optimum health. And that's, that's what it's working towards all the time. It's never working towards you being ill in a state of ill health, ever. And so if that's where it's trying to take you, then why not help it? Um, and the treatment that was offered to me and to millions of others doesn't help. It hinders what the body's trying to do. And so it didn't make sense to me to, you know, further compromise the body by giving it treatment that's going to make you more ill in the first instance and possibly not recover from it. So, um, so we did a lot of research at the time and, um, you know, with a lot of support and help from family and friends, came up with a plan that, would, um, that I felt comfortable with in a nat more natural way of trying to help the body help itself. And in doing that and with looking at the, um, you know, at the food we were eating, and I mean, even then I was vegetarian, vegan, pretty much. And I thought it was pretty healthy. And um, 
but I found out that you could be more healthy or you could do more healthy things in the way of just diet, let alone the rest of your lifestyle, um, by eliminating all the things that are negative to your body and to your, to your well-being. And so that was the process that I followed by, um, by eliminating everything that was negative and bringing in everything that was positive and increasing everything I could in 100% the best I could do for myself. And over the years of not only being 100% raw vegan, um, because it has various other benefits, side benefits, side effects, I suppose, of, you know, clarity of mind and, and, and other, um, you know, other parts of like being more spiritually aware and things like that. Um, you think more consciously in, in your lifestyle and, um, and I've come to the conclusion over the last few years that the most important thing um, that people need to know is that they're worth it, that most people do not put enough, a high enough value on themselves to even consider doing something for themselves or even consider that they are capable of it or that their body's capable of it. And so they put themselves in the hands, if you like, of others or of a system um, that clearly doesn't work. Or, you know, they don't take responsibility or, um, of, of their own health. They, they just basically think somebody else or something else needs, there's something else out there that will help them. And in most cases, they're looking for something that will help them immediately, that they'll get cured like immediately. And it's because what is offered on the medical system with treatment um, is, is really offered in a way that, well, this is going to give you immediate, something immediate is going to happen. Then that's all they're looking for. They're just looking for something now and not looking towards an actual lifestyle and making changes for life rather than for, you know, changing that diagnosis right now. And that's where there's so many phrases and um, labels that are, that are put out there that we consider to be normal, such as um, being in remission or being a survivor and um, how many years, you know, or not have you been a survivor um, rather than thinking differently in that you're actually now thriving like I consider myself to be thriving in life I'm you know I have uh, vitality and I'm really healthy really healthy and I have um, you know I'm in a state of optimum health but certainly not not as high as you can go because I know you can go further um, because every day we go further, you know, go higher in health. So I know that it's, it's limitless. Um, and I, th I just think that the main component that people need to, need to recognize is that they have the capability themselves because they, they are worth it to actually do something that's going to make a difference for their own health and in turn, that is a difference to the health of others 
and obviously to the health and well-being of animals when you're not eating them, um, and to the health of the planet because of the sustainability of eating a plant-based diet. So it's an overall um, look at lifestyle that we need to that we need to be doing, and we need to be looking at it from within, from ourselves, from the fact that we're we're all worth it, and in turn, everyone else is worth it, and all the animals and this planet that we call home is worth it. Because if we don't do it, and we don't basically do it en masse, then we're running out of time. So it's, it's become clear to me that that's the key, that people need to understand. That's the, the secret. That's the message. We've had so many people ask us, what's their secret? What's their secret? And the secret is that you need to take care of yourself. Every person is worth taking care of themselves. Then you can take care of others. But so many people, especially women, tend to be the caregivers for everybody else, but not for themselves first. And, um, and I think that's probably a very high percentage um, or accounts for a very high percentage of survival, if you want to use that word, of people with cancer. Is because if you believe in it, there are people who actually do the treatment that is offered and they survive for quite a long time afterwards because they believe in it, not because of the treatment, because eventually it will get you. <laughs> you can't, you know, poison, keep poisoning the body and it not have some effect. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest part of the message that I feel is really, really important. Um, Obviously, you know, getting into the, the details and the nitty-gritty of what I actually did in the way of changing my diet and changing my lifestyle, um, eliminating various components of my lifestyle, of which there weren't that many myself because I was pretty much vegetarian, vegan at the time anyway, but also having those, um, those thoughts of not eating animals and also not using products that are chemically based or, you know, toxic, but thinking also about your actual environment and where, um, where you're living and how that can be um, affecting your, um, your health and, um, and also then your conscious awareness. So how you think, um, what your emotional state is and stress levels. Um, are very, very high up there in the percentage of what actually causes cancer. Um, and so that's never told to people. That, that sort of information doesn't come out. Basically, you know, you get a diagnosis and they tell you, they might give you an option of what the treatment is. And that's pretty much it. They might give you a prognosis. Um, but in this day and age, they tend, <laughs> they tend not to want to do that because... Yeah, it's no one can really give a prognosis, um, you know, because it depends on on how things go from that point on, as to the outcome. But um, from what we did with running around Australia, and having spent the years in between, having when we were first met, through those years of 
of learning ourselves and teaching others and, and sharing the information that, that we were gaining and exp from experience as well. And then coming to run around Australia a marathon day every day and the extra one. Um, it just sort of culminates in showing by example and proving, if you like, as living proof that what the lifestyle that we live and that we've chosen to live um, and the conscious lifestyle choices that we've chosen to make work and they're really simple. It's, it's a really simple lifestyle that we have. Um, it doesn't, it, it's not complicated. The food's not complicated. I mean, there's nothing, nothing easier than unzipping a banana, really, seriously. <laughs> it's, the, it's the ultimate <laughs> fast food. Um, and it's, it's not boring. I mean, you can make it as, as exciting as you want. But what people don't understand with the food side of things is when you, when you start eating um, really nutrient-based food and vibrant live food like that, that's what you become yourself. So what, what you're putting in the body is what you get. So if you're putting, you know, dead food in the body, so processed food, um, junk food and animal products, which are all dead, um, then that's what you're going to get back. You can't get something live out of something dead. And especially if you have to cook it as well, which if there was any nutrients left in it, there probably isn't anything by the time you get to eat it. I mean, if you're eating something out of a box and it says it's organic and natural, you might as well eat the box because seriously, at least you get some fiber. So, because there's nothing <laughs> left when they process it and put it in a box. But if you pick an apple off the tree, you know, it's, it's live and it's, and it's a product from nature and you're going to get all the nutrients in the right balance because Mother Nature knows, knows how to do it. And like Alan said, we don't ever worry about anything with regard to whether we're getting enough any kind of nutrient or enough calories. We never calorie count or anything like that because our body tells us. So when we eat, we knew that we would have to eat a lot of fruit and vegetables to be able to run a marathon a day for a year. Um, so we just got piles and piles of it and just started eating. And pretty soon we would get the message from our bodies that, okay, you need to eat more or you've had enough. And so we never have to think about that. We'll just sit down to a pile of oranges and we just keep eating until we get the signal, you know. And it's not a signal of being full, it's a signal of being nourished. And that's the difference with, you know, with eating this kind of food. Um, and then being able to go out and have enough energy to continue doing whatever we want to do. And so we're not advocating that people go and run a marathon a day. Well, that's quite a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of time. So what we're advocating is that people eat well, exercise at least do some exercise every day because if we, we need to be moving. Um, think more consciously about the choices they make. And it all comes. Everything just comes to you clearly and you don't really have to think about it anymore. It's when you're eating a diet that is deficient that you really have to think and analyze and try and figure out how many calories you need to get this and how you're going to lose weight. You've got to do this, that, the other thing. You don't have to do any of that. 
because the body gives you a clear message. And it's not until people actually experience that that they understand it. And that's why there's, you know, quite a lot of people have difficulty making that change or making those changes or choices because they don't know how easy it is when you start going in that direction. The body helps you. So I think that's probably a more important message um, than, you know, telling people exactly what fruits and vegetables to eat and how to combine them because seriously the body will tell you. You just go to the market and buy whatever you look at and like the look of and that's what you need because, you, you know, your body's looking at it and going, yes, you want that. And you just don't have to, you don't have to make it complicated or make it, difficult anymore um, and so yeah so we wanted to make sure that we got a really good positive message out there um, and that that positive message is that it's it's simple and easy and available and people can grow their own as much as possible and if not you know support your local farmers or your local um, growers as much as possible and it's there. I mean, we've traveled all over the world. We've lived all over the world. The food is there. It's available. And we've just run all the way around Australia and there were parts of Australia where it was pretty hard to find it. For 27 days, we were coming across the Nullarbor and <laughs> there's no food out there. But, you know, if that's what you're going to do, if you're going to take a trip where you think there might not be food available, then you, you get the food available beforehand. Or you make it, you dehy we dehydrated bananas so that we had enough if we ran out of fresh and that sort of thing. It's just a matter of, um, it's very simple and easy to, to do. And um, I'm going to be writing a book, well, in the next month. Hopefully the book will come out um, that's based on the run and based on the things that we learned from the run and coming up to it as well. And based on the different things that we learned along the way and saw and and there'll be recipes in there and images as well that we took. And so it'll be a really, really nice book that'll come out. And it's entitled Running Out of Time. Mm. Mm. And I think that's something that we need to realize that not as a warning, but as more that we, you know, let's, let's not run out of time. Let's continue to be able to run forever, which is totally possible. <laughs> Um, and so, um, yeah, I think that what we, what we did by running around Australia, we, we achieved, I mean, we achieved something amazing physically for most people considered to be amazing, but to us, it's not so much, that, it's not so amazing because you can, we, we've realized that you can pretty much do anything. It's limitless what you can do if you make those choices, you know, as your lifestyle choices. Um, and I think we've, as Alan said, we've, we've pretty much proved that. We don't really need to answer questions like where do you get the protein because clearly we're getting it. So, <laughs> you get it where the animals get it. <laughs> if that's really what we need. So, um, yeah, and, and I think, you know, the simplicity of it hopefully is the message that people are getting that you can just one step at a time start making these changes and, and it'll – It'll make a difference. And then at the more people that do, and having reached so many people worldwide, um, it, it's something that's now 
starting to happen worldwide that people are actually starting to think more consciously and there are changes afoot, so to speak. Um, and that, that's absolutely fantastic. That's where that's what we wanted to happen. And um, we're really, we feel really blessed to have been a part of bringing that message. And although we've finished running the marathons um, consecutively, um, it's not the finish. It's not the end. This is just the beginning. And so we're very happy about that. Oh yeah, I know. I know, <laughs> I know how you two are. I know how you two are. I know that this is just the beginning. But you know, like I, you said so many beautiful things there, and um, you know, a few of the things that I just made note note of here is that you you really stress the simplicity of it, and and it's not just about um, you know the diet, but it's about life in general is we've we've been indoctrinated into this cultural paradigm where right pretty well right from the get-go we're um we're taught to look outside of ourselves for all the answers that like you already said too and this is something we talk a lot about on this show is the answers are within and we've forgotten our connection to our true self and you speak about consciousness and and you know, what I've noticed people who've had a consciousness shift, it's a shift from the head to the heart. And once they've made that reconnection to the heart center again, they realize that they don't need to look outside of themselves for answers, that they can be, that they can empower themselves with their own choices. And, and, you know, and it sounds like that's exactly what you did with your, with your cancer journey. And I remember that, you know, when you mentioned that as well, uh, during your story in Courtney, um, I also really loved what you said about people need to remember that they're worth it because we live in a culture where especially women are taught to loathe themselves because, you know, we're um, objectified and it's not just female human beings. It's like if you, 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 well, you know this all across, it runs across the gamut here too, female animals. So you think about the dairy industry, that's completely objectifying the female right there. Um, but the, you know, the objectification, so women especially have this tendency for self-loathing. So remembering, and again, it's just this cultural paradigm that, that we're, we're living in, but we're moving out of. And it's, you know, it's because of people like you that are helping people wake up through the inspiration of what you're doing, you know, and your story. So, so thank you for, for bringing up all of that stuff, because it's so important for people to empower themselves by reconnecting to themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'd love if you can um, <clears throat> talk about, like you mentioned, you kind of touched a little bit on how people reacted to your journey, but I'd love if you could just share some of the highlights. Um, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of them, but some of the highlights of your, your 366 day marathon journey of running around Australia, like how was it generally received by the public? Um, do you feel that it made a significant difference along the way while you were doing it? Um, and even now with all the media that you're getting and like, do you feel like the work that you're doing, um, that you're so passionate about is, is going to have an even greater impact now? Do you feel like you've got a more captive audience? I guess there's a lot of questions in there, but, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I can remember one day that always will stick in my mind. And apparently the evening before we'd, we'd been on TV or some radio show, this is 
It wasn't the early days. We'd only been running for about 60 days. So looking back, it wasn't that far, you know, 60 days in a row. And we were just running through this town. And a car just pulled up alongside us. And I was a car. A young lady got out. And she was young, but she was also very overweight. And she came rushing up and she was crying, tears rolling down her face. And she said, you know, I've been thinking about what to do. And I've been watching TV, looking for the answer. And you guys come along and you're the answer. She said, this morning, she said, I've been thinking about running for a long time. But this morning I did it. I went down to a shop. I bought some running shoes. I came home. I found some old shorts. And I went for a run. She said, I've been going to do that for eight years. All this time she was crying and laughing and giving us hugs. And her husband, who obviously was similar to the person to her, he said, yes, and I've just finished eating an apple. I haven't done that for years either. <laughs> and, you know, this is something like we didn't even think we'd said much on this. I'm not sure if it was a radio show or TV show. It was show. TV, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think we said that much, but obviously something. we caught the attention of this young lady. Yeah. And I really hope she's still doing it, and I'm sure she is, because she went and bought the shoes, and, you know, she's running around. I know that she stayed in, in touch with us on Facebook, just from various comments. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing, and that was just one, uh, one small incident. Mm-hmm. And, we, of course, on Facebook, we're getting it all the time, that we've uh, inspired people. And yeah. Jeanette read out one the other day, because she usually reads them out to me at the end of the day. She says, this... Uh, a lady has said that um, don't stop what you're doing. There's more to it than this, but in a nutshell, don't stop what you're doing because the whole of Romania is watching. <laughs> Excuse me, is <laughs> watching you. The whole of Romania, she said. I don't know how true that was. Wow. But, um, you know, there you are. And we just thought that it was just one person, and uh, it was hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if you've been following. You know, if you if you just <laughs> scroll down through Facebook, it's just um, our Facebook page. It's it's amazing the comments that we've received from people who have been inspired in some way or another. Like they don't always get inspired by everything we do or say. It's just some little spark, like that one woman, just that little spark that she was able to relate to and, and made a difference in her life. And so, um, yeah, we, we've definite, definitely, it's, it's huge what's happening right now with the media um, because, of course, we've done it. Um, when we set out to do it, it was quite big because, you know, when people say they're going to do something and that's always exciting, it's news. Um, but we've been interviewed with people since then who interviewed us in the beginning who said, you know, I have to be honest, but we didn't really think you'd go past two weeks. Mm. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, they don't know who we are, do they? <laughs> no, they <laughs> don't. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I, and I think that because we did finish something that most people consider to be, um, you know, undoable, um, I think that's made a huge difference globally everywhere because it's now gone mainstream like totally mainstream where before we were yeah I know before we were getting um we were actually having to chase them to get interviews sometimes right up until about halfway around I think 
to try and get an interview um, and then it was usually recorded and edited. So, but now it's gone mainstream and it's word for word, all going out there everywhere. And they're not editing and they're not asking questions because that, you know, um, that are, can, well, that we would consider to be pretty silly questions because they just can see the answer <laughs> before they need to ask a question. So it's brilliant. Um, mm. Yeah, so I, I think it, it's had a much greater impact than we expected um, because, well, you just don't know, you know, how, mm. how well it's going to be received. Mm. We didn't think it would be received as well as it has been mainstream. And that's fantastic. I mean, you know, when we go and we speak, we'll get two or 300 people come to hear us speak. The majority of them are, it's like we're speaking to the converted. You know, we know that the majority, you know, 80% at least of those people are already on the path of some, you know, some way, in some way of being a more conscious thinking person or acting person. Um, there's very... Very few, probably only 25% of people who just really literally come off the street, well, what's this about? So so for it to go mainstream where people who haven't even heard that we even ran around Australia during the time we did it are now hearing it and going like, oh, my God, that's amazing. So it, it just, you know, for them to just say that's amazing is huge because it's not that they're thinking what we did is amazing. They're thinking beyond it, exactly. and that's what we—that's what we wanted. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to start thinking consciously beyond what we did as being amazing, and um, and that's that's really great. I mean, we've got we've got quite a few interviews coming up um, next week with uh, you know it, um, panels of doctors and people like that who actually actually want to know. Um, you know, whereas before they kind of ignored me because I was supposed to be dead 20, 10 years ago. So, <laughs> no, she died. <laughs> they don't know you. What? They don't know you. Well, you know, I think, you know, we live in a world where I think people are just starving for inspiration now because conformity has just taken over and people are fed up. I, I really believe, you know, you said you're seeing a consciousness shift and, but, the, but at the same time, you know, the reality of the situation, we're, we're in a precarious place right now, so we can't deny that. But mm -hmm. the fact that people are waking up to the fact that they are even open to inspiration means, I mean, we, we all know, we all know, the three of us know that change can happen in an instant, in an instant. Um, and, you know, to inspire is, is to make someone want to do something that's different. So there's so much power in what you did. And, you know, and it goes back to Gandhi's saying too, you must be the change that you wish to see in the world. And there's so much power in that, the power of example. There's truly, I don't believe that there's anything more, more powerful than that, than the power of example and the power of story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, <clears throat> but you know, you mentioned that you're going to be writing a book called Running Out of Time. And so I think that, one of the keys to consciousness is being aware of, you know, the light that we have within and the change that we can make in the world, but also to be aware of the darkness that we need to change, you know, whether it's in ourselves, well, 
in ourselves as well as outside in the world. And so I, you know, I believe that consciousness is twofold. It's the light as well as the dark. And, you know, the fact that you're going to be bringing that up in your book is, is, you know, is really, really important. And so on that note, like, I'm just wondering, you know, do you, since you're so aware of what's going on in the world, especially with the fact that, you know, you're roasting in Australia right now with a fire coming your way, hopefully not. (laughs) Um, Do you ever feel like, do you ever feel any kind of frustration or despair over the state of the world? And if you do, how do you bring yourself back to that centered place that keeps you on track with your purpose and your mission of just keep on keeping on with, you know, your, your message of health and wellness and, and compassion and consciousness? Yeah, I think um, something that has really kept us going and, and kept us on track is the actual generosity of some of the people out here in the last year. Mm-hmm. Now, we had a couple, when we arrived in Perth, and they said, okay, you're going to stay in our house? We were going to be in Perth for about three or four days. So each day we just ran our marathon in the morning and then we had speaking engagements and things like that. So this couple, just a middle-aged couple who happened to own a juice bar and a raw food wholesaling uh, department. Organic. Organic. They said, while you're in Perth, in fact, while you're in Western Australia, which is a huge chunk of land. It's half of the country. Yeah. uh, We want to supply you with all your organic food. So they obviously, obviously have the faith in us that we were going to do a good job and we were humbled by it because every time we went into the juice bar there was a juice or a smoothie or a salad that wouldn't let us pay for it. And then when we left Perth after three or four days, they stocked up our van with literally thousands of dollars worth of organic food. Everything we could think of, they said just put your order in, whether it's oranges and bananas and pineapples or chia seeds or other things, they would supply it. And when we got down to the start of the Nullarbor, they knew we were going to be 27 days with only roadhouses. And the roadhouses here in Australia sell Tim Tams and meat pies and Gatorade, (laughs) which, you know, we don't have any of that stuff, really. So they said, "We'll, we'll stock up your van again. And they drove a vehicle down, 700 kilometres, stacked to the brim with drinking coconuts and water and organic food. They did that for us. And then at the other end of Nullarbor, they knew we were going to be out. In fact, we actually ran out about four days. We didn't quite get the timing right. The last four days, we ate a lot of chia seeds and soaked raisins. Anyway, we did get to the end, and there was another vehicle waiting for us who had also driven 800 kilometres from Adelaide and stopped us up again. Like, this is the generosity of the people. And we thought, wow, they must really, they must really believe that we're doing a good job because they wouldn't do that. And the first, we said, no, 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 you know, we can't accept that. But they were really persistent and we obviously didn't need it. And really that came from a speech that I made saying that when we got into Perth, we ate a lot of organic food. And instantly we noticed the difference. Mm-hmm. You, know, you wouldn't think an organic banana or an unorganic, you wouldn't think there'd be that much difference. But because we're eating as much as 25, 30 a day, we notice a huge difference. In fact, we noticed we needed less bananas. Yeah, we don't eat that many eating, when they're organic. Yeah, when we're eating organic, mm. we found out we only needed 20 a day. 
Okay? So, but they heard me say that, and just from that comment, they knew that they had to be our providers of organic food. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was very generous and very wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. For me, I think it, it, I remember um, a long time ago, in another life, I guess. But when um, when we were quite young, well, it was pretty much the time when we first met in our early twenties. Um, there was a lot going on in the world, so it was um, it was the early seventies, and there was a lot of you know. A lot of things going on in the world, and and a lot of people were feeling as if um, they were feeling despair, as you mentioned, and you know how how were things ever going to come right? And there wasn't much hope, and there was a lot of and, and then there was a lot of movement towards you know trying to bring peace and love and happiness to the world, and so you bring in this sort of it was the the era of the hippies and the era of peace, love, and happiness, and people were. You know, trying to trying to bring that message forth, but there was a huge amount of um, of despair and negativity at the same time because of what was going on at at the time worldwide. Um, with, you know, little war pockets here and there, and and nuclear and, and yeah, nuclear threat and, and all that sort of thing. And I can remember thinking um, because at the time we we were just our children were very tiny. And we just had our kids, really. And I just thought, they're not going to even become adults. The, the whole world's going to go. You know, like, there was that much hype about, like, I think it was they were doing um, atomic testing and things quite close to us in the Pacific. And, and, um, and I thought, you know, what, what, what can we do? We've got these little children... And there were people our age who were just saying, "I'm not having kids. I'm not bringing kids into this world. There's no, you know, um, there's no point." And so there was there was a huge amount of despair then, and um, and I, I remember feeling it myself. Um, and then over the years, going through, um, you know, various different times and and things, people, various different people um, helping to bring more hope into the world. I think that although perhaps now the world is in a greater state of, of disarray than it was then, I think there's more hope now because people are starting to think more consciously. There's definitely been a huge shift over the last 10 or even more years of conscious thinking. And when that happens, um, there's no stopping it. And that's what's really exciting, and because once you you start thinking and acting consciously, it it multiplies. You know, you do it more, and more people see it, and and it really does go out. and And that's that's a movement of hope when there's despair. And so I think that although there might be worse things going on now, and you know, I think there's actually more hope. And so that's going to take over. It's sort of like when we say that, you know, love endures and truth is always wins. It's true and it does, you know, but you, you have to have that element of hope for it to actually move in that direction. And, um, and with, with things like the sickness and pharmaceutical industry and 
the way that all of that side of things have gone over the last 50 years and we have a clear picture that what they've been doing and what they've been offering is not working because we have a much worse situation now with more people being diagnosed than ever before, um, people are going like, well, this isn't working. Wait a minute. You know, they're starting to actually think this, this isn't right. There, there must be something else. And so they're starting to look. And there's, the other thing is that although, you know, some technology sort of gone way beyond what we needed, certainly having had the internet and Skype and these sorts of ways of communicating really good information now, um, as opposed to 10 years ago even, um, you know, people can get this information if they really want to start looking. Um, I guess one of the problems now with that is that, you know, there's so much information out there, it's now like, okay, what do I believe? But that's another reason why what we did is is bringing it back to, okay, just keep it simple. Um, but, but I think that today, like, I don't feel, we never felt um, really in a, we, we did, I can't remember the last time I felt that way, that it was just like, oh, there's, there's no hope. You know, there's just no hope. We can do so, we can do all these things, but there's, no one's ever going to listen to us. Um, because clearly millions of people are, are listening or, or taking notice and, not just of us, but of many people who are, you know, shining that light and bringing that light to, to the world because of their experiences as well. And I think there's more of us that understand and, and are living consciously. And the more there are, the wider that gets and the more people are touched by it. And, um, and I think it's just a huge where back in those days when I was talking about before, it was an underground movement. Now it's way above ground. It's way above ground where it's out there and it's, you know, it's mainstream. Yay. So <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like there's nothing stopping it. It's not going to stop. It's really is going to, it's a wave of, of a, it's a wonderful wave of hope and, and inspiration for so many, so many people. And, um, and it is going to change the world. It's going to change what's, what's been mm -hmm. happening. It's going to, it's going to be incredible. And for us, um, we feel that, that that's, that's the most important thing because, you know, thinking back to when our kids were little and thinking, really believing that maybe they're not, they're not even going to make it to being adults, let alone, you know, anything else. Um, and seeing now we have five grandchildren and we're thinking of those grandchildren and thinking – it's going to be okay because of, yeah, I know I'm going to cry. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it's actually now, it's like, yes, it's going to be okay, but it's going to be okay for them. We, we are going to make a difference and not just us, but the millions of people out there just making one change in their life makes a huge difference. It's, a, it's like a ripple effect that's going to make a, a difference in the consciousness that level. Um, and yeah, it's great actually. Isn't it? Yeah. You know what? I, I'm totally, I, I'm totally on the same side as you. And that's why I'm doing this project because I believe in the same things that you believe in too. I believe that there's a consciousness shift happening out there and I believe that it's massive and I believe that it's led by, it's led by the power of our hearts and being connected to, you know, to our authentic selves and to 
unplugging from this crappy paradigm that is so complex. And, and you know, I, I really loved what you said, Jeanette, about how people are looking for other solutions now because the medical system isn't working. And I believe that it's not just the medical system. There are a lot of these systems that have taken us away from our core are starting to collapse and people yeah. are fed up and they're starting to look within and they're starting to look, you know, they're listening to messages of people who inspire like you. And, you know, I, you two, since I've known you, like the, from the very first, from the very get go, when I first met you two, I knew like those people are like laser focused on their purpose in life. And, you know, I would love if you could share what, what, and I'm getting really passionate right now because purpose is something that's really important to me. And, and it's important for me to express that to others so that they connect to their purpose. But I'd love if you could share what living a purposeful life means for both of you. Okay. After yeah, me. <laughs> after me. <laughs> um, it, it's everything. It's absolutely everything. Um, because if you have no purpose, what's the point? You know, um, a purposeful life it, it encompasses absolutely everything. And, um, I mean, you know, I, I believe a lot of different things that, you know, will come out in future books. But I do believe that, you know, this is this not just this one life, but it's really important that this one life is important. So it's like... Um, Getting it, getting it right is is really, really um, the purpose of being here. And um, you know, I mean, you can go into various different directions with that. But clearly, you know, with our children and our grandchildren and and our families and our friends and you know all the people that we love and care about, um, you know, we want we we want for them to have a purposeful life as well. And right to you know to our to our animals and um, and even to our plants. I mean, to, to the earth. Everything has a purpose. And if it if there is no purpose, there's no life. So it's it's so so important to to sort of focus on that. I believe, you know, um, the, and there's so many ways that you can do that. Um, obviously, being passionate about certain things. I mean, it's just like it's limitless, <laughs> really. Um, but, you know, sometimes we'll be, well, the other day, I don't know if you saw this, but we, I put it up on um, on our Facebook page just recently. We did a, an interview, a Skype interview with um, George Anderson in the UK for his, uh, his blog, um, Energetic uh, Fitness, and uh, Energetic Athletes, I think it was. And um, in the middle of it, one of our grandchildren came in. And, of course, our doors are always open, um, and uh, sometimes literally, but um, certainly for people to come in. And our little ones live here. Um, they live in a house right just above us, and um, we all live on the same in a community situation on the same property. And so they come and go as they wish. And he came in, and if you look back at this clip, you'll see him. He comes in between us. He's looking. <laughs> he's looking one side looking at the other and you know I know that a, a lot of people might have thought you know we should have either told him not to come in or 
or certainly you know, go away, we're busy or whatever. But he had a purpose in being there. And it'll be, it would be really interesting to find out how many people actually saw him and made some kind of, you know, some kind of thought pattern happen because of him being there. We never, we didn't say anything. Um, we just continued, we were, I think we were just talking about purpose or about something with the interview. But the fact that he came in and was there, it was almost, it was almost like ethereal really. It was kind of like there was a purpose to him being there. Somebody out there, it's going to make a difference to. And it's amazing what little things in life, um, you know, what a huge impact they can have on your life and, and on others and, and on, you know, on everything. So, yeah, I think purpose is probably that it's the most important thing really is, is recognizing that we are, that we do have a purpose and, and following that purpose. Someone in New Zealand who was, um, <coughs> they came over here to do a documentary on us. Oh, they yes. spent actually days, literally days with us. And um, they said, well, aren't you on a bit of a crusade? Well, they use this word crusade. And I thought, well, it's a pretty strong sort of a word, really, but I guess we are on a bit of a crusade because we have discovered that, you know, all you have to do is eat the right food and you become better people. So that's my sort of crusade or my, my purpose, really. I mean, we have um, potlucks here once a month and all those different people come to these potlucks. And I always, just before we start to eat, I always have a little speech and I say, look, if anybody here has any doubts about just eating raw food, don't have them anymore. Because there's nothing to be doubtful about. You know, you just eat good quality raw food. I mean, um, you know, potlucks, they go a bit, a bit over the top sometimes with rich things and that's okay Gourmet when you're starting. Mm. <laughs> but um, I said, just, I always say it. and. Um, some people have heard it every time, but there's always one or two new people in the group that you see their eyes light up and I'm sure that they, I think they're perhaps, thinking. Yeah, yeah, I think perhaps it's not a crusade, it's more a mission. Mm. Yeah, well, that's another word you can use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're on a mission to make sure that every single person knows about this. <laughs> I mean, I think the people from New Zealand were trying to say, look, people got to do what they're going to do, you know, but I still think that by having a little word here and there, you can influence people. So that's my mission or my crusade or my purpose, really. They also um, said that they they used the word fanatical. Mm. They said, oh, um, you know, they basically said, oh, you, you, you're fanatics. And I've been trying to, trying to figure out that one um, since, you know. Um, I mean, I, I just said, well, actually, I think, Probably a better word to use would be passionate. Yes, yes. About, yeah. As opposed to fanatic. But it's interesting that their concept of what we, of the life we're living and the lifestyle that we live, was that it's fanatical. And well, I thought you answered them very well because Jeanette said something like, well, if you do something and it works and it makes you feel really good every day, and you wake up feeling really good. Why would you want to do something else? You know, and really, it's, it's yeah. that simple again. Yeah. You know, yeah. you to, if you eat a couple of meat pies, you you're know. probably not going to feel the same. 
So why bother? You know? Yeah. 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 You know, as, as soon as you said that too, about the, the fanatical, the first thing that popped into my mind was passion because we live in a passionless world and people aren't yeah. used to seeing that. So they want to label it as something really extreme, but and I know I, you too. And I'm going to spread the word of your passion because that's something that is, it was, it was so beautiful when I met you right from the start and it has not changed at all. It's not changed at all. As a matter of fact, it looks like you know, you're, you're, you're deeper into your purpose and your passion. And what a beautiful thing. Look at me. With your purpose and your passion, you're influencing millions of people. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. There's certainly a lot more people than we were able to do back, in, back at Zen Zero with, yeah. you know, one-on-one consultations and that sort of thing. I mean, it was great. It was a great start. But, yeah, we needed to yeah. – we needed people to know – Well, I I think way back, I mean, 10 years ago, it's even more now, when we first started dabbling in raw food and being healthy, we met a fellow. And there was a whole bunch of gurus around at the time that were sort of telling us what to do. And this fellow was Dr. Douglas Graham. And just looking at this fellow, I could tell he's shining, shining eyes, his eyes were clear, skin was lovely and brown. And he had this enthusiasm that I hope that we have now. And I thought, now if I'm going to follow somebody, then he's the one I'm going to follow because he was just so so passionate, not you know about the food and about the lifestyle and about the fresh air and mm-hmm. running around in the. Like we first met him running around in a freezing cold day <laughs> down in San Francisco. Mm. This beam, you know, this big grill on his face, and just loving life. So clear. And we were there with our hoodies on, wondering. <laughs> I wonder if we really should be raw foodies. And after seeing him, then we knew that yeah, you know, that's what we had to do. Yeah, yeah. And he's still going. He's and still out there. Yeah. Being we're very good passionate. friends with Doug now. Um, it, well, ever since, and um, and yes, he he has a you know a very similar wonderful message, um, and. The wonderful thing about Doug, amongst all the others who have, you know, everybody's got something to share for sure, but he doesn't have a product to sell and nor do we. Mm-hmm. We're not selling anything. Yeah. We're just sharing. And obviously I sell my book, but that's not what I mean. That's not my, not the point. The point is that um, Doug, Doug's much the same. He, he just, he, he did a lot of research came up with a, a program of um, eating and exercising that works. And we pretty much follow it. It's called the 80-10-10 diet. And it's, um, and it's based on fruit and veg and doing exercise. And um, that's the simple form of it. But mm-hmm. he, he's such a, you know, a, again, very passionate about, um, about sharing that message with people and, and we're actually coming over to the States this year. We've been invited to come and speak at, um, at the Fruit Festival in New York State, up in New York State. It's called the Woodstock Fruit Festival, which is very appropriate, of course, for us. Um, <laughs> having met during Woodstock. Oh, he's got the shirt on. Yes. We, we actually spoke there back in 2011. Um, and then, uh, then we, you know, the last two years we've been a little busy. So... We're going back this year to speak, and um, and Doug 
is also one of the pioneers that, you know, when we first started the, the festival. So we'll be meeting up with him again, which is wonderful, along with a lot of other great um, great people who have really good messages to share. And um, so, yeah, that, that information, by the way, will come up on our website really soon. And so, yeah, be happy to share that with as many people and as possible. It will be. It's like two weeks of being surrounded by the fittest people on this, on this planet. And the people make us look like a couple of wimps. No, really. Not. <laughs> <laughs> have wimps? This. Are you kidding? Wimps. <laughs> wimps. I mean, most people there have this glow about them and this sort of, because they're, they've been on war food for a while. That's the people who are teaching. Yeah, and so then the ones that are coming along to learn, most of those already have it as well, you know, the, this glow of being a raw foodie. Mm -hmm. and being passionate about life and everything yeah wow wow well i have just a couple more questions here and uh and in here like just like i want you to just throw your passion out as far as you can with these two not that it's a problem for you to throw it out at any time but i want you to just go wild with these so if you were to invite listeners to do just one thing to make a significant significant difference in today's world and of course, by default, in their own lives, what would it be? Um, I think probably the most, um, yeah, definitely the most important thing to do would be to stop eating animals, period. Because it's not just <clears throat> about the health that they will give themselves by stopping eating dead food um, and animal products. It's the health and well-being of the animals and the sustainability of this planet because in growing animals to eat for meat, you know, for, for food, for humans to eat is the most unsustainable way of, of trying to feed the world that there is. And it's creating a huge environmental impact um, an adverse environmental impact on the world as well. And so I would say the most important thing that would make a huge difference in this world would be if nobody ate animals. If animals were treated the same as, as people, as we all are animals, the most, you know, they're sentient beings, the same as we are, they have emotions, they think and they, and they see and they act accordingly. Um, if we were to take, take example from the way the animals, those that are left to live in their natural state, if we were to take their example and eat the way they do intuitively, we would all be a lot better off and the whole world would be a lot better off and it would spread in so many different directions. I mean, it would be, in a way, what will save the world. Because it's just so huge. If we can just think more kindly and compassionately, for whatever reason, to stop eating animals and to stop um, having that animal industry, food industry, continue to stop that, 
it will be so big in what else happens in the world. I mean, I believe that crime would stop. If everybody was vegan and thinking compassionately and kindly towards each other, wars would stop, crime would stop. Um, all the negativity in the world would just go away and the world itself, Mother Nature, would come back to her own. Wow, that's beautiful. And this is, you know, that brings me to a quote by Leo Tolstoy. As long as there are slaughterhouses, there will always be battlefields. And this is something yeah. that I mention pretty regularly on this show. And, and you've just, I mean, you just basically said the same thing. Yeah. So true. Alan, Alan, what, what would you like to, uh, what would you like to offer readers? You just took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> We um, say the same things. Yeah, I mean, you're right. If, if uh, slaughterhouses had glass walls, there wouldn't be any more slaughterhouses. I mean, if people could see what is going on in the animal processing industry, you know, there, there just wouldn't be one. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. <laughs> I, and I have I have one more question that kind of it's gonna it's gonna expand on what you two just said, okay? And this is this is the question that I love ending with because it just gives it makes well it makes from a selfish perspective it always makes me feel so good, but I know that it really really helps listeners um, connect to the hope within themselves as well. So just imagine, I'm going to give you the, uh, the Unplugged Podcast magic wand, okay? So I've got one for Al and I've got one for Jeanette. I'm going to give you both a magic wand. And if you could wave it over the planet, what kind of world would you create? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really simple. You would just wish for peace, peace on earth. And it's not that hard, really. And I think this also goes back to what you just said. If we didn't need animals, there's a lot better chance that we would have peace on earth. But just for everybody to be compassionate and, and loving, um, unconditional love would be a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So I'd really wish there could be a world full of people who all had unconditional love towards each other. If I waved the wand, I would see a world where all peoples, um, adults, children, all races, all creeds, all animals, um, wild and otherwise, would live in harmony together on, in heaven on earth. Wow. You two are such beautiful souls, and I feel so deeply honored to have you both in my life. And I'm so deeply honored to be able to bring your message out to even more people so that they can remember that they too are beautiful like you are. Thank you. Thank you for being on this show. Thank you both so much. And thank you for having the show. It was definitely worth it. Another amazing interview with two totally incredible people.
And hopefully you feel as inspired as I do with their compassion, their passion, their dedication, and their love, like their extreme love for planet Earth and all of her living beings. And uh, one thing that I neglected to mention at the beginning of this interview is that Jeanette and Alan are both in their 60s, proving that age is irrelevant when we live compassionately and consciously with our hearts as our guide. And um, here's another thing that, uh, that wasn't mentioned in the interview, but in 366 days, they ran a total of 15,782 kilometers. Amazing. Now, earlier this week, I was also inspired to write a blog post on my website about going further. And it was inspired by a beautiful coastal hike that connected me with my intuitive guidance and took me to places I'd not been before. And the hike not only showed me literally the beauty, the magnificence and the freedom in going where I've not gone before, it also showed me metaphorically the importance of always going further to continually reveal a better version of myself to the world in order to make the biggest impact possible for a kinder, more compassionate and spiritually inclusive world. And I mention this because Jeanette and Alan are truly inspiring examples of two people who continually go further in their own lives. And by doing so, they're raising consciousness and they're also inspiring millions of others to go further in their own lives as well. So with that, today's inspiring question is a two-parter for you to ponder. And here we go. Part one, how will you go further in 2014? And what are your dreams for a better world? And how will you act on them? So how will you go further in 2014? And what are your dreams for a better world? And how will you act on them? And Martin Luther King once said, our lives begin and end the day we become silent about things that matter. Jeanette and Alan made a bold statement. I mean, a really bold statement about things that matter. And they exceeded the outcome that they were hoping for with this epic adventure that they, they undertook last year. Now, you certainly don't need to run 366 consecutive marathons to speak up for the things that matter to you in the world. Because it's as easy as your everyday choices. And when those choices are infused with love and consciousness, and you take into account the impact that those choices have on all living beings and all living systems, life becomes surprisingly rich for you because you feel empowered. And why? Because you're taking back you. You're taking back your truth, your mind, and your heart. Now, I'll be posting Jeanette and Allen's Running Raw Around Australia website, along with a link to a more detailed account of Jeanette's journey through cancer. Um, and there's also going to be a link to her book in the show notes on my website. And I'm also going to be embedding a video snippet of the, of the uh, video documentary that they're putting together about this journey that they were on. And when you go back to my website, remember to join the expanding community of conscious paradigm shifters when you're there and sign up for weekly email updates filled with inspiration to just kick your butt into gear and just really like get out there and live. Okay. 
And please, as usual, share this podcast with all of your friends and family and anyone who's ready to bust free from today's crazy world. And even if they're not, (laughs) maybe this podcast will be what it takes to uh, open the door for them to walk through into freedom. Who knows? Anyways, that is the end of another Unplugged podcast. May we continue to open our hearts on our evolutionary journey of awakening to the point where our heads can no longer make sense of it all. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, live with passion, live with purpose, change the world.